CCC, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. We are feeling good, aren't we? Yeah, we're I'm feeling, feeling amazing. Good. I'm feeling 100%. 110%. Let's go, baby. Come on, cheers. 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 A quick cheers. Cheers. Thank you very much. What are thanks, we cheers thanks for being here. For being here. To life. We're here. We're thankful. We love Jesus. CCC, we told everything that is Christian. We are, yeah. Let's just get straight into it. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Today yeah. we have a special guest. We do. And we're going to turn attention to this door over here. Drum roll. Come in, guest. Hey! There he is. There he is. Hello. How you doing? We are good. Uh, sorry, I was expecting somebody else. Who, who is this? <laughs> yeah. Who is this stranger? Like, Why are you shocked? Who is, like, this? Who is this stranger? That's, that... that's after. That's the next, next one. Oh, that's the next. That's another one. Okay. All right. We'll just get him out of the way quick. All right. Sure. All right. So <laughs> who are you and why are you here? <laughs> you asked me to come. <laughs> so hopefully, I think it was you. No, my name is uh, my name's Doran Jabeir and uh, I'm a local Adelaide pastor in the CBD. And uh, I met you guys a few months ago, and I think you're pretty cool. And so, yeah. obviously, we're oh, hanging thanks. out today to chat some things through. Yeah. To preface it, you have given me no background to what I'm talking about. So <laughs> yeah. This is all off the cuff, as you said. But that's kind of your job, though. That's that's yeah, exactly you, you right. Get, you get paid to do that, don't you? That's so, exactly yeah, right. To talk to people and that's to pastor right. care for people. Well, well, he is a pastor for for us. So yeah, <laughs> this is a bit of a counselling session here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's for go. it's more for Let's our go. catharsis. I've I've always wanted to know like what what does a pastor do like I've I've I had a, I had a conversation with a non Christian right and I go man like pastors are busy they're like doing what and I go mm, I don't <laughs> know that what's well the job description so uh, what's the job what do you look, what do you do that's yeah. fair enough I think yeah. my in laws are still trying to figure it out yeah right um no look I think what a pastor does depends on both their gift set depends on the movement they're a part of denominationally. Mm. I think it depends on the culture of the church they're serving at, even depends on where they are, you know, uh, where they live in Australia compared to the US, compared to wherever it is. So um, I think it depends wherever. For me, as a part of kind of the church that we serve and lead in, um, for me, my week uh, is kind of broken up, I guess, into three areas. Uh, probably I'd say a third is just around people, whether it be around leaders, whether it be around people, you know, someone, uh, you know, had a family member that passed away last week. So working together on the funeral for that, um, at the same time, spending time with leaders that are looking after larger portion of groups and all those kinds of things. So there's kind of the people side to it. Mm. Um, there's then, uh, I would say part of our church, we have obviously a global aspect to it. So there's, there's kind of the meetings part to it which I try to reduce to a real small. I got a small bit, a bit of, bit of ADHD, struggle to sit still for a long time. So, um, but we'll do kind of all our meetings, sometimes on Zoom globally, sometimes uh, within our week. And we try to force that all into one day at our church, which is awesome. So you have four days for everything else, mm. which is cool. Um, and then obviously there's preparing the word. Um, I've always loved preaching, but for me, probably the first part is where I like to be just in front of people, whether that be your leader of leaders or whether it be the person going through a crisis or in need of help. Um, I'd say it's within those three, lots of different variations, but the people side is where I'll try sit the most. And that that's different for different leaders. Some people love to be in meetings all week. Mm. That is not me. Yeah. So <laughs> you guys get all the meetings done in one day, just try and smash it out. Yeah. So we do because it's globally and everyone's at different campuses all around Adelaide. So we've got seven in Adelaide. Uh, we'll try all come together to our main kind of what we call a hub on a Wednesday and we'll just go through them all. Campus pastors, 
uh, all staff meeting, interns meetings, um, and the whole day is just stop start of meetings. Mm. Right. Um, yeah, well. That's Wednesdays. Yes. Is yeah. today Wednesday? No. No, today's Thursday. Thursday. Today's Thursday. Thursday. So that was all yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'll run a couple of things with our own campus guys on a Tuesday, but I'm of a firm belief that no meeting should go longer than an hour. So yeah. how do you keep it to an hour though? Because all the meetings I'm part of, it just it just gets blown out. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that the longer I've done ministry, the more I've realized you just can't solve everything in a day. Yeah. It is just an absolute marathon and it's it's the long game. Mm. And there'll always be another phone call tomorrow. There'll always be another meeting tomorrow. There'll always be something. Um, and so I have the great benefit of starting very young in ministry. So I've just learned that, you know, if if you didn't bring it up in the first half an hour, it's definitely not as important as the thing you're bringing up an hour in. Mm-hmm. And so therefore it's, you know, that whole uh, equation of what's urgent and what's important. We want to deal with what's important as much as we can. And uh you know, a little less with what's kind of always urgent. Sometimes mm. you don't have to talk about things. They just get solved. Like I've got this bit of a pastoral trick that I do with some people where I don't return a phone call or a text straight away. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. Not yeah, because yeah. of poor integrity. <laughs> right. That's very important to me. <laughs> but because I find by the end of the day, they've figured it out. Mm. Right? Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. And yeah. so it's a little bit of a self-imposed discipleship trick that I kind of mm. use mm. for, not for, for never for leaders of your age and, like you, but for younger leaders, yeah, you know, they got to try and figure it out. A hundred percent. That's uh, right. It's a bit of a sign. I was talking to to my mum about parenting because because we've got a new baby in our family as a cool. as a nephew and for mum mum uh, a grandson. Um, and we're sort of talking about how, in terms of discipling and disciplining kids, or like you know, if you're leading other people, yeah. sometimes you need to leave them in in the deep end. That's right. Um, you can't always guide people through everything. And, and I think that's actually a pretty Very fair true. point. Sometimes just allowing people to to focus on that issue and then work on ways they can sort of yeah, sink or right. swim in it is helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Mm. And, you know, especially with parenting is that it's sometimes less about instruction and it's more about example. I can mm. try to help them as much as I can. Mm. But the truth is I know with my, I got a four-year-old and a two-year-old, my four-year-old just watches everything I do and she'll replicate. I mean, it could depend on kids. Uh, she'll replicate what I do way more than what I tell her. Mm. So, I mean, that's like fundamental leadership. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But she'll, in reaction, she'll say how I react in anger, you know. Mm. Uh, well, pastors it, get angry. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, look, with the amount of, the amount of road works in Adelaide, <laughs> hey, anger's not a sin, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's slow to be anger. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> slow, to, slow to be angry. So, yeah. Um, no, the amount of roadworks in LA. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, we're a growing city, right? Yeah, that's it. Hey, I, I like the cranes. That's the most amount of cranes <laughs> I've ever seen in LA. That's it. So keeps the economy that. going. That's 100%. it. I'm just gonna throw one in the in the, in the down the line. Um, Oof, here we go. <laughs> what in what areas would you like to see your church improve? <laughs> oh, there's lots to it. Look, I think that the answer to that. It's multi-layered. Like there's there's so many different areas that I think we can grow in. I think we do an amazing job. I mean, as a church, we're a hundred years old. As a campus, we're fifteen years old. Mm. A church um, is a hundred years old. Yeah, yeah. It was wow. one of the very first churches um, in Australia. Okay. So it basically came out of a Smith Wigglesworth revival 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, I think there's one of, I think we're one of five in the country. So there's Bridge Church in Melbourne, which is now known as NUMA, uh, within our kind of ACC Pentecostal movement. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, they'd be different outside of different movements. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a number of us. We are one of the absolute originals. And when we planted in Clemsic or Paradise, it was like the sticks. Yeah. And you'd never think that now. Mm-hmm. Um, how to improve? That's a really good question. My wife's calling me. That's okay. I knew you should do no. that. Do you need to take it? Uh, <laughs> no, it she'll be right. We, we, can't, we can't stop. We, she'll we can't. be right. <laughs> she'll be right. Yeah. Um, she's on her lunch break. House on fire. Kids <laughs> crying. <laughs> she's, no, she's, at, she's at work. So she, she works two minutes down the road from here. So she would actually oh, walk past here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. If she would like to join us yeah. in two minutes, uh, feel free. No, to I, don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I think, how do we like it to improve? I think. Um, on a local level for our campus, one of the things um, is a few things. I'm naturally very passionate about discipleship. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think that could be a nine out of 10 and I could always think it needs to improve. Mm. Mm. Over the years, I've become less, yeah, I love God's word and preaching it. That's great. And I love all the programs and departments we do. But for me, as I said, the people side's massive. And mm. so discipleship of people and leaders and seeing everyone take a step forward. I think we could improve with that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not just hugging and, you know, but actually really teaching people kind yeah. of what we're talking about um, as well. And so I think that's really important. One of the things I really feel um, at the moment for, for City is, uh, for our campus again, is a real outward kind of focus. Mm. Um, and I just feel like we're having little opportunities drop at our door where we can bless our community and less different organizations and charities and and so i think that i'm passionate about people being filled up so they can give out mm-hmm. um and i think we've got a renewed kind of opportunity for that in the season two so look for me my passion is discipleship so i think that can improve and then number two uh just having an outward outward focus mm-hmm. uh not just being a christian club mm. that does an hour and a half on a sunday but going out there and really making a difference and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I can preach all day. I won't. <laughs> does <laughs> that answer? That's, is that helpful? That, that is yeah. helpful. What, what do you think? Uh, I'd be what, interested. What's how long yeah. have you guys okay. been? So you've been at City for, you've been at our church for six months? Uh, no, uh, you've been eight, there for longer. Eight, eight or yeah. nine, something like that. I reckon I've only been there for three. Yep, three, three months. Yeah. I'm a bit newer. Yep. Yeah. But like, this is also our church as well. So. Yeah, that's right. Go. I so, want to yeah. hear. This is, this I'm, I'm actually really keen to hear. Get my notepad out. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Sure. Look. Um, Do you know? Like, he no, just brings out actually, this essay and he's like, well, I think yeah, this is what we prepared earlier. <laughs> yeah. I think this. You know. I think that sometimes I'm very conscious of this. Again, especially I think I've been in ministry now 12 years. Sometimes we have our meetings, and my wife's great at this because my wife works as a social worker, right? Kids mm. and cancer, and we'll often talk about things in meetings. And, and she, she's amazing because she'll bring it back down to reality where you realize you can be in a bubble. And so it's actually really valuable mm. to mm. get opinions outside of just <clears throat> other campus pastors or people that are in ministry because every perspective is valuable, right? Mm. And so, look, I'm always open to my wife's input, so I'm open to yours. Yeah, Go right, right. Shoot, that cheek. Yeah, so with... <laughs> with um. I mean, with, I guess, you know, uh, voicing any kind of opinion within a church or any group of people, I yes. think I think it's really important that it comes from a good place, right? Yes. So, um, 
what what I'm about to suggest is you know it comes from a place of I guess care and love, right? Yeah. And and yeah, I and, and and some some elements of patience is attributable to that. Yes, I think it's <clears throat> I think it's uh, ludicrous to expect that, uh, or even some ways delusional to expect someone to come to a new church and they go, yeah, everything is like daisies and bells yeah, and whistles right. here. Um, and I think that's a wrong view to have when somebody goes to a church is that, hey, I've got a checklist and this has filled yes. the most amount of those items. Yes. Rather than that, mm. um, you know, there are areas that I feel that I, I can be of service here, but that I can be of growth and together with the congregation. Yeah. Um, obviously, a good hook um, to bring that in is to have a solid community, which I would say, you know, you know ranks quite highly yes. within, within our church, which has been mm. very positive. Um, and, and in many ways, I can see that... Um, like one thing I really appreciate about um, my conversation with the management of the church, you know, namely you, yeah, is that there are churches out there um, that identify their shortcomings, but then it'll, it's kind of um, like they see it and they just sort of, yes. they, sometimes they won't even acknowledge it. Sometimes yeah. they just, you know, it lets it be. Yeah. But I've seen some of the weaknesses being vocalized from you and yes. actually being addressed mm. by you as well. And I thought, okay, yeah. even if that's not perfect, that's okay. Yeah. That, that, that people know this is going on and we're working towards yes. it. Uh, long story short, I, I want to open up the Bible in the, in the small groups, right? Yes. So the, uh, the other end of the spectrum is, um, is, you know, Bible bashing till the cows come home, yes. till Jesus comes home. Yes. Really. And then the other end is let's build on a relationship and let's forever do that. Yeah. And then, you know, a year will pass and then new people will come in and then we got to rebuild that relationship again until yes. we can open up the Bible. I think, yeah. I think Bible can be a foundation of uh, the relationship as well, especially yes. for Christians. Yeah. And so um, I guess some more intention around that, I think, could actually help the current agenda, which is to build a strong community yeah. and, and, and form discipleship to occur. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So we're, sure. we're in a reasonably sensitive group. Right? So we're in a university group where probably the relational aspect probably needs a bit more nurturing. Yes. Um, yeah, which is kind of what the emphasis What the been. emphasis has been. And yep. so I, I am willing to be patient around that. Mm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sitting here going, therefore, I would like Bible open this week. Yes. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I just think that... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, these op opportunities are there, and and I guess a little bit more conscious leaning into, mm. I think would be yeah. incredibly helpful for not only for the sake of just reading the Bible, but also for the sake of deepening our relationship with each yeah, other. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. we can have similar interest in the 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 you know the discipline that we study, you know, because we're among uni students. We're yeah. not uni students ourselves, of course, but or we can talk about the cool stuff that we do yes. and you know exchange our lives. But more importantly, is um is how can we truly deepen that relationship beyond our relationship that we would have yeah, for sure. outside of the church with non-Christians? So sure. how do we become brothers and sisters, I think, is a key. Mm. And I think God really needs to speak directly his word yeah. into that. Yeah, and so yeah, we, are, yeah. we are quite intentional, I'd say. Even in our conversation over dinner and stuff like that, we try to... Yeah, we're trying the to topic of that. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. spark yeah, that's that. that's good. Because um, obviously, like, we, we, we don't want to just be people... The reason I asked you this question as yeah. well is because like it is our church, like we're we're family, so yeah. we're not just you know passengers on this on this train. No, we're right. we're active participants, yeah. and and obviously in the family where you care about, you want to en enact change and and bring some culture to it. Mm. But um, yeah, I kind of agree with that. I think there has to be a little bit of a difference between it just being a a, a club. Yeah. Like you said, and, yeah. and we don't want to just be one for an hour and a half on a, on a Sunday. Yes, but then right. we also don't want to just be a club that's any other club. Like there yeah. is a bit of a difference for us as a, as a 
as a church is that mm. we believe in Jesus and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. We understand that the authority of the Bible holds holds true. Right. So yeah. we want to be having a a group or an environment that is molded by that. Yeah. Um. You know, an example that I think of in in the Bible is with Peter and the um the Ethiopian yes um priest is they literally just met. He was looking at this. He didn't understand what was going on, and and Peter explains to him the gospel. He becomes a Christian. You know, that's, that's an example of someone who they just met. They didn't really have a relationship before. They didn't know each other at all. Yeah. Open up God's word and, and was transformed by it. So awesome. I, I am a firm believer that relationships matter. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, just, yeah. Just yeah, um, open up yeah. the Bible and say like, hey, this is, this is it. Believe it. Um, I'm a firm believer that relationships has to come through and that it takes time. And yeah. The, the linear path that we see of when someone becomes a a Christian is is very different to how God would view it. Yeah, that's um, right. And we've got to yeah. understand that He's got His right. His timing with everyone. Yeah. But there is a, a a need for us to actually go like, yo, this this word yes. is authority in our life. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it has to be. I I think um, <clears throat> I think it's super important. I think there's a there's the there's a few thoughts around it. I think. One of the things I'm as a leader, and and I'm thankful because I know our senior pastors, Pastor Ashley and Jane are the same, is they are incredibly releasing leaders. And so um, I've found that to be in my DNA as a leader as well. And so I would very rarely say no to someone. Mm. It could be a not yet, let's sit on discipleship. I'll, I'll tell you why I'm saying this in a sec. Um, so uh, I would say I'm very releasing. So. I find if anyone is ever passionate about anything within our house, uh, I will do whatever I can to release them, cheer them, equip them, help them do. It's the, the goal is not for them to serve my vision. The goal is them to do what God is to do what God's called them to do. Mm. And for me to Amen. encourage Amen. them in that. And yeah. the chances are that will align within our hearts if we're within the same house. Right. So I say that ought to say that, if people have a passion, I'm going to do whatever I can to release them into it. So the thing about Christians, people in general, is they are just spectrum people. Mm. So you have people that are 100% passionate about relationship, mm. and then you have people that are 100% about the word, mm -hmm. mm. and then you've got all these bits in the middle of it. Mm. And it's on every issue. Mm. It's anti-vax, it's yeah. vax. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, climate change. It, it doesn't matter what it is. And as Christians, we have that spiritual sensitivity attached to it so mm. it's that little bit more important i would argue that right so i would i look at our connect groups within our campus we have uh 27 not including our youth ministry right those range on days hours they meet uh what we would call coin and ear which is relationship amongst each other which we understand what was that word coin and coin and ear which is what we read the disciples did they coin in it's another word for fellowship right okay. i'm sure it's the greek word for fellowship so it's around food family and god's word yes mm. right it's one of our six core principles right so across those 27 connect groups you have them ranging on date time uh location board games to you know um from bible college subjects doctrine old testament survey doesn't you, you know they range from whatever it is mm. so i say if someone's passionate about something let's release them in it and like everything everything rises and falls on leadership so i think as that passion grows within you as everyone else has growing passions um 
it will become something that you will most likely lead within time, Mm -hmm. a group that is focused on that. And it will be my responsibility at that time to cheer you guys on, Mm. to make sure everything's aligned, Mm. but I know it would be. Um, But I think the time will come where you'll most likely lead a group that will do that because that's on your heart. That's Mm. what you're passionate about. Mm. And the group that you're in now, for example, might stay largely relationship kind of based mm. which we understand if students are coming in through university they've left their family that's yeah. where the deficit is Mm-mm. you know they can do theosu at home but at the end of the day their family's back mm. in another country that's so right yeah their deficit is not in study their deficit is largely within relationship mm. which is why as a ministry our university ministry can focus there yeah, yeah. and i think um, that's something we've <clears throat> kind yeah. of identified that's that's where that that ministry leans into yeah and like like you were saying before ht i think a a big thing that that we've talked about as well is is just being patient with it. Yeah, yeah. Because um, we've got expectations and ideas of 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 where we think it would go, and and mm. sometimes the reality does that doesn't align. But yes. that's also okay. Yeah, so, and that's what they you know they always say your frustration is your allocation as well. Mm. And so it's not just what excites you, but what frustrates you that points to your purpose. And so mm. you'll have patience, but the frustration could grow. Frustration is a great way of pushing you into stepping out and doing mm. something. Because you know what I find? This is one of the hardest things in church mm. is you have a lot of people that have opinion or feedback mm. or, um, or input. As you can see, I'm open to it. Mm. But then the time comes to go, hey, let's do something about it. Oh, no, I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Right? Yeah. You don't want to put skin in the game, right? <laughs> but you don't like how it's being yeah. coached, just, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and – I would say between the age of 20 to 30, they master that professional mm. commentators. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, you're not in the game. Mm. <laughs> like, so, so my prayer for, you know, a young adult generation is, you know, what, uh, please perceive and, and feedback and let's make this better. It's God's mm. house. It deserves mm-hmm. the best. hundred percent. Yeah. But Hey, when the opportunity comes for you to play a part, put your hand up. Right. Yeah. Mm. Because that's how we do this together, you know. Definitely, that's Fantastic. that is probably one of my biggest frustrations. I think mm. amongst Christians, I wouldn't even say just younger Christians. I think it's it's across the board. Mm. Is true. that this idea that like we're like we said before, passengers on yeah. the trains? Like yeah, no, like yeah. you're not you're not spectators. You're actually you're playing the game. That's right. And like we all we all need to understand that and play our role. Yes. And everyone's role is different. Like one person's role is to be the preacher. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. The other's is to serve water to to people who need it. Like mm. that that's all incredibly important. Mm. And I think having a church that that showcases that is important as well. And that's Massively. a big thing I like about our church as well, is that there's so many different things you can do for ministry, but like we don't just go, like, yo, the people at the front are the most important people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And like we've just got to keep keep having that culture where we we encourage that you know when you're at the front and you go like oh the, the kids ministry team like let's yeah. just heap some praise on them yeah you yeah, know? yeah. The people that are looking after the kids that are vomiting and running around all crazy like let's yeah. just thank them yeah. for that for yeah that and that's super intentional when we do yeah. that that's mm. something we don't think about on tuesday before sunday we've planned that out you know i plan our kind of years within the master plan that i'm given three months at a time yeah mm. You know, because I guess naturally the calendars and seasons, and so we we look at the seasons and we we do that on purpose. But I, I like what you're saying. I mean,
That's mm. right. It must That's be right. it must be spiritual, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it must look, be looks Jesus. Like, looks like heaven. <laughs> You'd hope so. Absolutely. That's yeah. what it is. I, I want to switch things up a bit um, mm. to ask more about you as as a person, you know, because yes. um, you're so representative of a of a group of people that yeah. you know, I'm guessing you're always asked about the church. Yeah. Um, I've always been intrigued at uh, you know as pastors and 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 their and their sort of standing within not just the church within itself. Yeah. But outside of church, mm. I want to ask: Do you have any non-Christian friends? Yes. Like, yeah. tell us about them. <laughs> do you have and, any friends? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Do you have any friends outside well, of church? If yeah. I did, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I, I definitely do. Uh, one mm. of the hard things I find is um, my my greatest friendships are those that are in the trench with me, and you know when bombs are going off and those that are next to me fighting in the trenches, we share something. Again, it's that spiritual bond, right? Yeah. So I've got two or three kind of friends that are on staff that they're, they're Christians and they're pastors, but that's because we live the same life. We're in the trench next to each other every day, yeah. as anyone would in their workplace. Your colleagues, passion, yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I have always tried to set myself up with, with non-Christians for sure. I mean, Jesus was a friend of sinners, right? Just a quick one there. Do do you think other pastors make that similar level of effort? Have you seen that? I think it's based on personality. I know introverts that mm. have two relationships are enough and they tend to be Christian. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think it just depends on like stage of life. I think it depends on everything. Mm. Um, I think if I'm looking, I'm even just thinking across our team, it just ranges based on personality, stage of life. Mm. Uh, giftings, size of family, mm. where they live, regionally, mm -hmm. closer. Like, mm. um, for me, I've got family that are unsaved, mm -hmm. and so, um, but we have like an amazing relationship with, and they think church is pretty amazing because they've seen it through us. Yeah, they care for our kids. Um, you know, so we've got family there that they'll come to dedications and it's like a whole new world for them. Mm. That's actually the hardest service for me to preach is when they come. Yeah, right. Right, because yeah. they'll come for a child dedication uh, or Easter and it's so different, again, when you've got family in that room. Mm. Man, you're sensitive. You're yeah, like, yeah. If yeah, there's yeah, ever a time yeah. you seek a friendly, it's in those meetings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I've got, I've got family that are unsaved. I've got, uh, I started playing, I used to play soccer when I was young. Mm. Um when we started having kids, I was like, I have to have an outlet for me again. Mm -hmm. So I tend to have fads where I'll go through kind of squash or, or whatever mm -hmm. it is. But I started playing soccer again. Uh, and that was amazing. I've, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. We basically, the whole season, I did the whole season without them knowing I was a pastor. Because mm -hmm. I was like, I just want one place where mm -hmm. they don't know I'm a pastor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's probably sacrilegious to say that. <laughs> right? Anyway, we is get it? to the last game of the season. We get to the last game of the season. <laughs> And we're in the team huddle before we're about to kind of go, you know, on three, go, whatever it is. One of the guys go, what are you preaching on tomorrow, right? <laughs> and I was like, and everyone's looking at me and um, he's like, what are you preaching on tomorrow? I saw on your social media that you were preaching and you were really excited. And yeah. I, I don't often post about it because I feel like at church we say the same thing over and over. Excited for the Sunday, excited for the yeah. Sunday. It's, yeah. like, it's yeah. no longer exciting anymore. Right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, side story. Um, anyway, so he, I ended up telling him, but what I didn't realize is his church had closed during COVID. It was a small plant in the city and he'd been looking for one of his fiance. Yeah. And so that Sunday he actually came along, hadn't been to church for a while. They rededicated. Um, and he was part of our church and then happened to move down North. Mm. Um, and so we connected him with another church there. That's not actually ours, but just people that I knew. Um, and so they're kind of back in church. And so problem with that is he, 
kind of brought another couple of friends while he was still at our church. Yeah, they right. They kind of made a decision. And then so our team started getting <laughs> saved. saved right? I was like, God, this is not what I wanted. I just want to play soccer with it. <laughs> they're not around it, you know, because you're, you're kind of doing drills and they're asking, you know, what, what's for lunch the next day and what are you preaching on and <laughs> who's leading worship? And you're like, yeah. And so now our teams, the other thing we've stacked our team with this year is we have heaps of South Americans that are coming to Adelaide. Yeah, right. Okay. They've changed yeah. the, what skills they're looking for, this kind of stuff. Sorry, I'm probably right, talking right. too much. Anyway, so now I, I filled our whole team with like Brazilians. Yeah. So no one's getting saved. It's full of Christians, but we're like the best team in the league now <laughs> yeah. because everyone's unreal. Yeah. So. <laughs> What I'll, you know, they're probably playing in World Cup coming up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was saying to Mel the other day, I was like, when the season finishes, I think I'm going to do some club squash because I did that with one of my mates for a while. And I'm like, so that I'll, I'll probably go back into an area where there's no Christians. Mm. Uh, the other thing, as I said, my wife isn't in ministry. Uh, I think there will be a time where she does step into it vocationally. So obviously, yeah. we do everything together. Yeah. Well, I believe we're one person. So, um, but she keeps it real for me all the time, yeah. which is really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. As I said, she was listening to our Zooms during COVID. She's like, is that what you guys talk about? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> oh, man, maybe we are, you know, going down the Christianese way. So <laughs> God God, God kind of puts them around you and, you know, it, it helps. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely try to surround myself with a combination of super wise pastors that are mentors to me, ranging to people that have no relationship with God. Mm. Um but hopefully I can be a great friend to them. Friendship is one of the best ways to evangelize. Absolutely. You know? Of course. So 100%. the whole people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care kind of scenario. Mm. So That's right. So with with these um, non-Christian friends that you have, mm. well, my next question was going to be like, how intentional do you get and have you gotten with them? Yes. Clearly you don't want to be intentional. <laughs> 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 you just want to play it ball. Goes, it goes in waves. <laughs> you just want to play soccer, man. Oh, it goes in waves. It's no. I'm look. Obviously, I'm always with them. It's around sport. Uh-huh. So we, we, you know, or it's family. So it's around kind uh-huh. of just family birthdays and stuff uh-huh. like that. But it it does tend to kind of branch into other different things. You know, it might be a soccer game that we go see, or a basketball game that we go see, mm. or someone might buy FIFA. So we're all around there. Mm. Um, I, I'm not as like strategic when it comes to. I feel like my mind's very strategic in leadership, mm. but you can't have your brain in that the whole the whole day. Yeah, like you're true. Being exhausted, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to relationship, I'm not as strategic about it. I'm kind of just as it flows and comes, and mm. what God puts in front of me, and where there's connection and um, and all that kind of stuff. And it it tends to kind of grow generally more out of crisis than fun. You know, someone breaks up with someone. Mm. You know. Um, or something's going on in their family. I can see someone put something up, you know, the other day, you know, that there was um, just stuff that was happening in their family so I could reach out, you know, and that's when you start, those when, when the doors start opening, can I pray for you? Mm. Actually, you know what? I'd love you if you could do that. Yeah. But if you could do that. And so you have an opportunity to do that. And then from that, you're hoping that they, to an extent, feel the presence of God and then yeah. that starts creating questions and, what is that? What does that mean? And and so um, I'm a bit go with the flow when it comes to friendship. Yeah. Strategic in leadership, but go with the flow with mm. just friends. Um, you know, I'm not going to take them to Thor and have a big apologetics conversation in the foyer <laughs> with them. Yeah. You know, yeah we're just yeah. there to see a movie and eat some food. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, <clears throat> I think you can get too, like, bogged down in, in, yes. in trying to evangelize. But I think sure. something I was 
found interesting is is like when a pa- person who's a pastor, like, do they introduce themselves as a pastor, never, or as, a, as a Christian? No, you know I mean? never. Because <laughs> like your identity obviously is more in 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 you being a Christian. Pastor is just a job role, really. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's only one of the five, right? Mm. You know, if we talk fivefold, um, I, I'm. You know, I used to get frustrated when I did those fivefold ministry giftings because I used to come up like the test I used to do. I'd come up equal in all of them, and I used to get really frustrated. <laughs> oh, the that that you know the you know, test we did, prophetic, yeah, yeah, evangelist, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever yeah. they are. Obviously, you've got yeah, the right. yeah. um, you got the different sets of it. I used to get really frustrated, and then one day someone said to me, um, you know, I encouraged because I was like. You know, when you're young, you try to figure out what are you. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But someone once encouraged me. They're like, if you're equal in that, that's actually, that's just evidence of a fivefold ministry in you. You mm-hmm. know. And so there's some scenarios where I'm pastor. There's somewhere I'm evangelist, mm-hmm. like we just spoke about. Yes. Yeah. Um, somewhere I'm teacher. There's, you know. And so no, I don't. In our movement, you know, there are movements that are that that respect is really important, mm. and I can understand that. And yeah. there are movements where you know, it's it's not kind of put before everything. Mm. Um, and so, and our movement tends to kind of steer towards that. And with that comes great things. People feel a genuineness and an authenticity about you. But it can often bring a familiarity where people, you know, you're not their pastor, you're now their friend, and now there's confusion. And, you know, so I think with it brings both challenge and and um, and great things too. But no, I don't refer to myself as that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, you know, like we have, if people will say Pastor Doran on Sunday, I'm not going to correct them, mm-hmm. you know. But if there's people we're doing life with, like our youth pastor, um, I don't know if you listen to this, but his wife will often call us past, Pastor Doran and Mel. And I'm like, we do life together. You don't have to, you don't have to call me that. <laughs> like, yeah, right. It's just, you know, um, yeah, so I mean, again, that might depend on different people, mm, and again, yeah, age yeah. and culture. Yeah, and, yeah mm. culture. Yeah, yeah. Within our campus, it's so multicultural. That's so, right. Yeah. Uh, anyone from Southeast Asia would. That's that's always there. That mm. yeah. But mm. I served in a campus prior to that, and uh, it was all Australians, you know, and so it was never there. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah. does that's <laughs> right. Does yeah. I honestly, I I don't I don't think it's as important. Mm. Um. What? Oh, sorry. We're gonna ask you. No, you go here. Yeah. What? What was the hardest thing that you've had to do mm. in ministry or getting into ministry? Oh. oh, that's that's a big question. Um, the hardest thing there's there's a few of them. The hardest thing was stepping into ministry. Mm. Um, I've shared about it before. I was at the end of a. I got saved halfway through a psychology degree stepped into psychology because of dysfunction in my family. My, my brother had been addicted to drugs and all kinds of things. And so I stepped into it, kind of rededicated my life in the middle of it. I come from a very traditional home that focuses on education. So when an, just crazy circumstances came for me to step into ministry part-time, um, I did that for a while, but then realized I needed to get Bible college. Like I needed to have some doctrine in me, right? And so the time came where I either did honors and psych to go all the way and do your masters after that, or I go to Bible college part-time and, and, um, step into ministry. Yeah. And I remember saying, I don't, you know, um, I had family not talk to me for ages. And oh, that wow. was one of the hardest things. Cause that is the, you know, that's a whole drop your nets and follow me, mm-hmm. drop everything you're familiar with. That was really hard. 
because at a young age you don't have the EQ to really get around it. Yes, yeah. yeah, all yeah. those things are important. Mm. The approval of your parents. Uh, that was hard. The thing I find hardest is, um, is that was a that was a circumstance. Something ongoing that I find hard is when you believe in the potential of people. When you um, really want to cheer them on, release them into what they're passionate about, see future over them, and um, you know through different scenarios they step away from it or they detach. Mm. And it's hard because you feel like you invest so much into them mm. so that they can get back to you. But the best thing is seeing them come alive and then it just doesn't happen. And yeah. it's, it's disappointing because you've spent time, but it's more disappointing that they're not fulfilling what God's called them to do. And mm. that's, that's definitely, without a doubt, mm. one of the hardest things to watch because that happens every year of ministry. I mean, you know, um, and, uh, and you just know that, that, that they could have more. Yeah. And sometimes it can feel like there's more people that kind of rise, 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 but fall compared to people that rise, 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 step into what God has for them. Mm. Mm. And so a lot of people struggle in ministry because the ratio can be imbalanced. So that's one, the one was like one big thing. That's more just niggle, niggle, niggle. And mm. eventually you can get wary because you can feel like, man, am I making a difference? Yeah. You know, but as you kind of do ministry longer and, you know, you grow in your emotional intelligence, you yeah. learn how to, serve people and have connection but not get so attached that it ruins you and mm -hmm. if they ruin themselves you know yeah so yeah, yeah. Mm. people always come back as well it's funny people like you said it's not linear is it you mm. know sometimes mm. it's one step forward two steps sideways otherwise <laughs> yeah. sideways yeah, yeah that's right yeah it's a dance so, it's, a, it's yeah. a summer dance yeah that's um we've only just got one question just to finish up yeah uh interesting thing asked you what your age was before you're sort of at this point where you're you're a obviously a little bit older than mm. your uni young adults but you're not yes you're not heaps yeah down the track if you get what i'm saying yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, not yeah. too old but yeah. you're not not too young yeah what is a piece of advice you'd give to to young christians like uni young adults age um what's the concern that you see in in that younger generation and what's yeah. a piece of advice that you'd give to give to them to us? Yeah, that's really good. Mm. How old are you guys? I'm 28. <laughs> 28. Um, 26. 26. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I, I think I think there's a there's a few things. I think um, oh, there's heaps. I would say. I'm on Take a, your time. I'm on a bit of I'm on a little bit of a bend on the moment of what we were talking about before about professional commentators you know and within that young adult okay. generation i just think that's huge mm. people that have every opinion in the world mm. right but again just aren't on the field and uh we'll create memes about it we'll write about it but it's like just show me where you've been fruitful and and show me where you've sown and and show me that you've stuck with something long enough mm. you know i've i've people that constantly speak into my life but they're all people that have proven it right mm. just in multiple areas mm. like in family in ministry in life and finance you know and i just think young adults want platform without going through any process mm. you know um i preached about it the other day didn't i about the voice of god people want to hear mm. the voice but they don't always like the choice you mm -hmm. know uh, mm. i don't want to rhyme i don't want to be that pastor right but yeah <laughs> <Too> um, <late. laughs> i just went on a meme yeah. um but I, I think that's 
you know, everyone wants, again, wants the promise, but not the process they want. And particularly within that age group, they want all these things. And that's why we see so many university students start a degree, change halfway, start a mm, yeah. degree. Change. And you get to that end of four years with no kind of qualification, right? And so one of the things I'm thankful for is I feel like I went all in at 21. Mm. I, I dropped my nets. For me, it was ministry. I'm not, I'm not saying everyone needs to do that. They mm. need to do what God's called them to do, right? But whatever it is, you know, do your best to hear from God and go all in and, you know, um, do the process, like accept the cost, all those kinds of things before you kind of start speaking into those places. I, I've never, um, I've actually, I was saying this to someone else the other day in ministry, I've never asked for a position in ministry. I've never, I didn't ask to be a campus pastor. I've never asked for a promotion. Mm. I've always been asked to step into something. Mm-mm. And I feel like that's because I've always given, I, I feel like that's my personality. I give all that I have. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. relationally, I'll give all that I have. I'll do my absolute best to go all in. I don't have a lot of boundaries. I could probably have more like, but I go all in, but I feel like I'm doing all I can. So God kind of handles the rest. So for young adults, I would just say, hear from God, go all in on what he's called you to do, mm. um, on the, whether it's the God dream, whatever it is, um, and just be careful not to get caught commentating, opinion giving, yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm. So I, I've, I, you know, I've seen young adults and, and there were people before me that I think were great role, role models at this. Yeah. They just went all in. And that's how you have to do this Christian faith, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's not like nine yeah, commandments definitely. and forget 10, yeah, right? Yeah. It's 99% obedience is not obedience, right? Mm. Uh, I'm preaching on that on Sunday. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, and so oh, I'm just a big fa- fan of going all in. I always say this to young pastors against, you know, fire always falls on sacrifice. Yeah. You can't have the fire without the sacrifice. Last week, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So again, that's again to young adults. They, you know, they want those God encounters, but... Mm. You know, they came at a great cost. Mm. You know, you look at leaders throughout the Bible. So I could talk about it forever. Yeah. Does that right. answer the question? Yeah, no, I think oh, that, yeah, very, that's very really helpful. handy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it hit me right here as well. Mm. Yeah, it's deep. Definitely. Definitely. I, I just want to ask one last burning question, right? Okay. Let's say a non-Christian has made it this far in the podcast. Yeah. Okay. You are a pastor. Yes. And, and they ask, what do you believe in and why do you believe in it? Mm. What would you say? <laughs> oh. There you go. Look, I believe in salvation through faith. That's the Christian answer. If it was a non-Christian that was listening all the way to the end, um, I'd say I just believe in Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, and um, made a decision to, you know, uh, have a relationship with him and spend time with him and anything to do with him, and it, it changed my life. I remember when I first got saved, before I used to swear like crazy, I remember like a couple of weeks after getting saved, someone said to me, um, oh, you haven't sworn for like two weeks. And I was like, and I used to be bad, right? Really bad. Um, and I was like, oh, I haven't, right? And now that's not name shaming people that swear. I play soccer with people that drop it like it's no tomorrow, right? <laughs> um, but that's, that was it. I, it was weird because I put my hand up and said, like in one of those older calls where you're like, why do I have to put my hand up? But I did it, right? So I want Jesus in my life and then swearing stopped. And then all of a sudden I found myself 
with that little bit more joy. And then all of a sudden I found myself with purpose and all of a sudden, and so it's not about the swearing. It's about the fact that all these things started changing. Now we know this is mm. sanctification, right? Yeah. Mm. But mm. it's just this idea of slowly becoming more like Jesus. And I loved who I was turning into. Mm. And so I think for someone that's a non-Christian hearing that, you know, you got to come to that point where you come to the end of yourselves, come, come to the end of yourself and go, I, I wonder if there's more to it. Yeah. And it starts with that step of faith. And then over time, if you, you go all in, it's like, wow, God's actually changing me. <laughs> like, it's amazing, mm-hmm. you know? And the thing's dropping off. I wasn't trying not to swear. I just didn't, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it doesn't mean I'm perfect today. I still got things. But stuff was changing and I couldn't even describe why. Mm-hmm. It's only now that I've, you know, spent enough time to realize, wow, like the Holy Spirit's doing something in me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And all I said I wanted to be was be a little bit more like Jesus. Yeah you know, and, and have what he has, grace and all those things that are amazing, mm. you know, so. Mm. Amen, amen. Fantastic. Hopefully. Well, CCC. Thanks for joining us. See ya. Peace. Catch you next time.